Hi, welcome to Plenty. I've got a guest for you that I met pretty recently because a mutual friend brought her to one of my retreats. And I instantly knew this woman had the goods. <laughs> the things she shared during the retreats, just in the off moments, some of the insights were just mic drop moments. And I knew I wanted to get to know her better. And I knew I wanted to learn from her. So Andrea Crowder is a speaker, a coach. She is a disruptor. Um, she got pregnant as a teen when she was a stripper and a drug dealer. And she reinvented herself over time and went on to build a seven-figure network marketing business and now a seven-figure online business. She is funny. She is unusual. She is sort of miraculous given her background, and she has been through the trials of trauma, divorce, a house fire, so many different things, and continues to choose pleasure over pressure in her business over and over again. You're going to learn how that methodology, going where the life force is, going where the energy is, helped her triple her business and then double her business and continue to be on track to do so over and over again. She has an incredible roster of powerful women who call her their coach. She is funny, she is outrageous, and I can't wait for you to learn from Andrea Crowder. Enjoy. Welcome to Plenty. I'm your host, Kate Northrup, and together we are going on a journey to help you have an incredible relationship with money, time, and energy, and to have abundance on every possible level. Every week, we're going to dive in with experts and insights to help you unlock a life of plenty. Let's go fill our cups. Please note that the opinions and perspectives of guests on the Plenty podcast are not necessarily reflective of the opinions and perspectives of Kate Northrup or anyone who works within the Kate Northrup brand. Hey, Andrea, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for being on Plenty. My pleasure. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. Okay. So before we started recording, you were talking about starting 2024 with all of you here. Mm -hmm. And I only know parts of your story, but the part that I know is that you started out on a pretty different trajectory than you one might expect looking at your life and what you've created with your business now. Um, so can you bring me back to what was going on for you when you were coming of age, mm -hmm. um, you know, around that like 18 to 22 window. Mm -hmm. Um, and there, it seemed like there was like a particular like wake up moment that happened for you. Yes. I'm telling that story. Pregnancy will do that to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a teen mom. I was a stripper when I got pregnant. I was also selling drugs and I was a desperate girl looking for, um, a sensation of power. And I was finding that through what I would call like fucking my soul away for a false sense of power. And it was definitely taking like small pieces of my soul every single day. And I always say it was like, my son was in soul form and he's like, tag me in bro. Like she's going down. I got to go in for her because, um, I had a moment where I probably should have overdosed and died. There was a um, night where I was hanging out with some friends and, we were all doing cocaine, ecstasy, and I was out of drugs. I wanted more. And a guy was sitting across from me um, at the table, and he goes, yeah, 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 my homie just got out of jail for killing the, that guy like five years ago. And I was just like, five years ago. And I was like, yeah, what's his name? And he said his name, and I was like, "That's that guy's not dead, and that guy's my dad. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that I was hanging out with any of the guys. So my stepdad was shot when I was 14 in a gang initiation. Almost died. The bullet was like five, the width of five playing cards away from his heart. So he looks at me. He's feeling really bad at this point, And he just slowly slides a tray of cocaine across the table. And he's like, take as much as you want. 
And I did so much cocaine that night that I couldn't even speak English anymore. I don't know how I woke up after that. And then it was only a couple of weeks later that I got pregnant. So that was my son like, y'all, <laughs> she's mm -hmm. for sure going down. Mm -hmm. If I had stayed on that, that road, I would have either overdosed. Um, I would have became a hardcore addict. There would have been like nothing left of me. But I was the little kid who had big hopes and dreams. I wanted to be Lisa Turtle by Saved by, or from Saved by the Bell and Amazing. be a fashion designer <laughs> yes. when I was little. <laughs> My parents hosted an intervention with me and my brother trying to get us to like get out of this life. And, and my dad put art school on the table and my dad couldn't afford this. I grew up poor as fuck. We didn't even have connections for running water, let alone running water during seasons of my life. And he was like, I'll do whatever it takes. We'll get you into art school. And I turned it down. It was one of the biggest mistakes of my life. And of course, I regret nothing. The life that I live today is very charming, whimsical, magical, <laughs> all the things. And I'm so grateful for all of it. But damn, if there were one thing where I'm like, could I still be here today and have had that? I would have absolutely chosen that. Mm -hmm. so. Okay. So you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Tell me what happened then. Like, what what were you feeling did you take it as a wake-up call at that moment? What did you do? I definitely took it as a wake-up call. I called my mom and I was like, I've got to come home. So she had already moved to Vegas. I was living in Washington State at the time. And I was like, I've got to get out of here. All of my friends are drug dealers and strippers. There's no way that I can bring a baby up in this environment. And the guy who got me pregnant had also gotten another girl pregnant two weeks before me. So we all found out within a two week period of each other and he went back to her. So now I am a single mom. He, um, had me pack up all my things, put them in a black trash bag, drop me off at the mall. And I had to collect, call my friend's mom and come get me off the road. And from that point I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta call my mom, which was like a very humbling, hard experience. And I was like, I, I'm going to move to Vegas. I got a job making $5 and 75 cents an hour working at the limited two folding t-shirts so that I could save money for diapers, yep. taking the bus to work in the Vegas heat, like just figuring out how I was going to make life work with a small little human on the way. My grandpa, um, on my mom's side was basically really encouraging me to abort the baby and I just couldn't do it. And I ended up rekindling things with um, an old boyfriend at the time who later became my husband and had a pretty remarkable 20-year relationship. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, don't cry for me. It all worked <laughs> out in the end. But it's yeah, been... Yeah, it's like a bumpy beginning. It, I mean, it's been bumpy all the way for sure. Yeah. But like, I guess I just have the half glass full personality. That's my demeanor. But it was, it was the scariest that I've probably ever felt in my entire life thinking about a small human depending on me. I cried in the hospital after I gave birth because I'm like, how am I going to keep paying for diapers? Yeah. It was it's scary. So much responsibility. Right. Financially, emotionally, mm -hmm. physically. Yeah. Even if you have resources. And right. I can only imagine yep. if you don't. Mm -hmm. um, at what point, how old was your son? Or I know you have three kids, right? Two. Two. Yep. How old was your son or, or your son and your daughter mm -hmm. um, when you started your entrepreneurial path? And what happened between folding t-shirts at the limited to <laughs> <laughs> starting your first business? So when my ex-husband and I got married, I moved to the UK where he was stationed in the military. So I had a little bit of time where I got to be a stay-at-home mom and that was amazing. And then um, when we moved back to the States, the cost of living was so high in Washington, D.C. that we couldn't afford for me to not work. Mm -hmm. So I ended up getting a job as a, um, a front office assistant. And then I worked my way up into that company as the into the executive assistant position. And I started growing my, my business from there, which is actually where I learned of 
You. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's so funny. I took B-School and I was like, wait, who's this Kate person that Marie always talks about? And I was just telling That's someone funny. on the way here, I'm like, it was so crazy because I would like look at your website. And I'm like, okay, she puts an email grab here and she tells her story here. And I would just draw out the template of my website of like, here's where I would structure everything because if it works for Kate, it's going to work for me. That's so funny. <laughs> I love that. Life is funny, isn't it? It is so funny. So you worked up to be an executive assistant Mm -hmm. and you took B-School. Was B-School your first business training? And how did you find Marie? So I can't remember where I found her. I'm sure it was um, floating around the community of the network marketing company that I was in. Okay. Yeah. So um, I would just watch her videos while I was at work drinking my coffee in the morning. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I always just felt so good listening Mm -hmm. to her stuff. And I'm sure there's still a video somewhere on the internet, please don't go dig it up, (laughs) of like me trying to win a scholarship. Uh So me, I did not win the scholarship and I um, invested whatever it was at the time, a couple grand or something. And that was the biggest investment I've ever made into anything in my entire life. So that was my very first training I may be the only person that's ever done every module in peace school. I was like, I'm going to get every dollar out of that program. Yeah. (laughs) And then did you start, so you were, you were doing network marketing at that time. Mm -hmm. And then did you actually start an online business like as a, as a coach from doing B school or, or no, you didn't. I did not want to be a network marketer, but I liked the way that I like the way that it was set up and that I didn't have to create the products. Yeah. I could find products I really, really genuinely believed in. And it was a community for me. Like the network marketing community for the most part is a really exceptional place to figure out. I always say it's like a business in a box. Totally. And you can just like open it, grab all the pieces and put it together. And if you can find your way in it, it can be a really great business. And I I made my very first seven figures through network marketing, but I wanted it to be, I wanted to have my own brand and I wanted it, I wanted someone to be like, what'd she do? Yes. Right. And so I, you, do you know, I also got my start in network marketing. I do now, but I did not. Okay. Then. So, so you were doing a great job. <laughs> so we have that in common. Mm-hmm. And one thing that over the years I've mentored other women who have gotten their start in network marketing and wanted to create their own thing and have, you know, struggled or just not known exactly how to do that. So can you tell me some of the aspects that you incorporated to go out on your own and create your next seven figures, not through that original network marketing business? Yes. So I had already built an audience through network marketing, but because I built my audience as a personal brand and not as a product, it was pretty seamless for me to start talking about other things. Okay, great. And people were already coming to me and asking questions like, you know, what email system do you Mm -hmm. use? And I would just sit there and I'm like, you guys are asking all the wrong questions. Like none of that shit matters. So in 2020, 2020 was actually my very first year ever launching my own digital course. So digital course, which is the biggest part of my business now, is still pretty new to me. And I told everyone, um, I just recorded a a video on my iPhone and just held it out. And I was like, this is what I'm going to teach you. Did not make a sales page, didn't do any branding, no photo shoots, nothing. In fact, I made people... PayPal me and I wrote the terms and conditions on a note on my phone and I just screenshot it and I would DM it to them so that all the fluff was gone. And I was like, I'm just going to show you guys that all the shit that you think that you need to make money online is not the stuff that you Mm -hmm. actually need. And I did like $14,000 in like seven to 10 days or something like that. And I'm like, oh shit, this is real. (laughs) Digital (laughs) courses are where it's at. Yeah. And at that time you had your social media following and did, were, had you been building an email list also? Did you promote it through both or I, only social media? I only really started consistently building my email list like two years ago. Okay, awesome. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I'm hardcore at it now though. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. I love that. Okay. So that's so fascinating. So you had, you knew that you had information that people needed. Yeah. You knew that they were asking the wrong questions. Right. And so you boiled it down to the minimum pieces that you needed to get that information in front of them. So let's list what those pieces were. 
clarity on exactly the transformation that I was providing them. Great. And who it was for. Great. And then that a way it. to pay you. <laughs> and a way to pay me, yeah. Right. Okay. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. If you're listening, which you are because you're hearing me right now, <laughs> I want you to listen harder. <laughs> we overcomplicate business Everything. so much. Mm-hmm. And we think like we need all the branding and like the perfect software and the hit it. You, you need none of those things. You do need human beings right. to sell to. Right. You had already built an audience. Right. And I want to circle back on like some of the tips for growing an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had that. Mm-hmm. You already had been in conversation with them over the years, right? Right. So you knew they were, you were interacting. So you knew what they needed. Yep. But you didn't give them what they were asking for. Right. How did you know? to offer something that was different than what they were asking for. Because I was annoyed by the question. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) You're like, stop asking me that. (laughs) Yeah. And I was annoyed for them, Mm -hmm. right? Because I I knew what it felt like to feel distracted. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have a big audience. In fact, I sold all of it on Instagram stories. And I want to say I had like 300 average views a day at the time Uh and like nothing impressive by any means. But the thing that I feel has been really consistent with me is that I am such a hardcore community person and I always have been. So even if I have 300 people there, they all know me Mm -hmm. and I know them. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my DMs even still today. I can't answer all of them myself anymore, but I'm still in my DMs every single day talking to the people in my audience, wondering like, what's not working for you? Mm-hmm. What are the wrong questions that you're asking? What are the thought patterns that aren't working and serving you? How can I help you? And also how can I remind you that the things that you think are most of your weaknesses are probably your superpowers and you're doing so much better than any, nobody ever gives themselves enough credit ever. Yeah. So I just want to be like that person for people. Like you're actually really killing it if you would just look over here. (laughs) Yeah. So that was in 2020. Yeah. That was really recent. Mm -hmm. Okay. And over time, what are some of the things that people think they need to be doing that you just don't do in your business? Because you strike me as somebody who's like, yeah, just because you say that does not mean I'm going to do it. And you seem to have really mastered the way to maximize your energy and maximize the result without wasting a lot of time and energy on shit that doesn't matter. Yeah, I have ADHD and so I'm all about the hyper-focus and I want my reward right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm constantly looking for like, what's the thing that I feel most alive around? Where's my energy? What do I really, really wanna do? And I, I look at every action I take is something that's stacking towards an intention in my business. So that might be a facial. And then I get an amazing idea when I'm in a facial or I'm just more relaxed. And then I get home and I'm more excited to write the sales page or something like that. But my work to-do list looks like nobody else's because it might include me sitting down and reading a book or calling a friend or booking a plane ticket. Most of my work tasks don't actually look like I'm really working, but I really believe that in, in order to build the online business, we have to get offline Mm -hmm. so that we actually have a great story to tell. So I think the majority of my to-do list for work is go create stories, Mm. like really, really, really live my life because then I have an interesting story to tell that will inspire people. But that's the secret to social media is get off social media and go live more so that you have something really compelling to to tell. And you're so amazing. I love that you like highlighted this at your retreat where you were like, look for the metaphors as we're walking around the woods. And like, that's, I love doing stuff like that where I'm like, wait, what's the story in this? What's the metaphor? How can I use this? Put it as a pocket of like a microdose of medicine for people, no matter what it is. I can take anything and turn it into a story. Totally. I love metaphors. I live for them. Same. (laughs) live for them. So you have this hat that, I mean, I know it's a whole say, like it's a whole like brand value or brand essence really. Yeah. Um, but I noticed it when we were standing in the kitchen at the retreat um, that says not a penny from pressure, only from pleasure. Yep. Okay. Say more. <laughs> so 
building a network marketing, you just learn how to take the to-do list and execute, right? Mm -hmm. And so I learned hard work because I had no choice, right? Work ethic was never an issue for me, but I learned that you can work really hard and still not get a result. And so um, starting to kind of peel back the belief systems over hard work, discipline. I don't believe in discipline. I believe desire fuels everything. And so I, um, I look at pleasure as intuition, creativity, um, um, energy flow, uh, joy, just like, it's not most people hear the word pleasure and they're thinking something that has to do with like sex or pussy power or whatever. Like, that's not what it is for me. It's like, it's the rich soil you can plant something in because when you're creating from pressure, it's mostly rooted in fear. And I believe that when you create anything from fear, it's like planting a seed in cement and hoping it will grow. So I started reevaluating my decisions, not what I was doing in my business, not how big my email list was. It's like 6,000 for a seven figure business. It's so tiny. It's amazing. It, it is truly amazing. Yes. So I need to know more. <laughs> We're people talk always, about that. people always love yeah, the numbers. Like she leans in. <laughs> our our business doesn't make sense for the numbers that you would yeah. see. Yeah. So, but the reason for that is because we plant in such rich soil that it's just like our seeds start to um, germinate, mm-hmm. and they blow themselves. Like the wind takes them, and I I I run ads by just asking the quantum field to take that message and just like go deliver it to the right person. <laughs> so great. It's so great. It reminds me, uh, after one of my mom's book launches, I called her up and I was like, Hey mom, how's, how's the book launch going? How's it selling? And she was like, Oh honey, I don't know. The angels <laughs> sell my books. <laughs> so I was like, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, how I true. How true. Okay. So, <laughs> So not a penny from pressure, only from pleasure. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're looking at your year, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're, here we are. We're kind of at the top of 2024. Let's say you're looking at your year. How much of it is planned in advance versus how much of it is like in the moment I have this idea and now I'm feeling called to run this new program or something like that? I am planned two weeks out right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's it currently. Do I have an awareness over certain things like we're putting up and we're putting together systems and strategies to keep um, growing the email list? I have team members who are working on putting new systems into place, like perfecting mini chat a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So there's strategy yeah. that's going to help do things. But when it comes to um, like a promotional calendar, we don't have one. I know that there are certain programs that I'm going to launch multiple times a year. I don't know exactly when they are. I really, really do trust um, the pleasure over pressure. What that looks like really, really tangibly for people is I place my attention at the end of having done it. So I'll run through a calendar and I'll start to know when do I have a peak in energy? And I'm like, okay, we're probably going to launch around here with permission to change my mind. So I launched a program last year called Known, and it was all around um, reducing your stress response so that when you are more visible, if you've been through a cancellation at some point in time, that you're going to get back out there. Like we have really important voices that we don't want to lose. And so I started shooting that program in March on, I think it was like the Aries new moon. Mm -hmm. And then I kept trying to launch it over the summer and then August and September. And then finally, all of a sudden, there was this huge surge of energy. And my astrologist texted me and she goes, you're launching this on the Aries full moon. It was like a perfect six-month cycle where it was like the energy of the universe took that program, blew it up. In fact, I started selling it for three days and then I shut it down because it was full before the launch was over. So... I really That's do allow myself to, like to change feeling my mind. Into it. Yeah. And working with a team, how does that work with them? And I, you know, I'm just like, everyone asks that like, question. <laughs> okay. Because if I were to do that and I used to run my business more similar to that mm-hmm. and it kind of fried my team. So mm-hmm. I'm curious how you do that in a way that I'm assuming doesn't fry them. Or maybe you've just hired people who are like ready for that kind of energy. Um, we're 
like this is our kink. <laughs> I they're hire. Into it. <laughs> they're yeah. really into it. it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, but that's something that it's very clear in our brand values. Mm-hmm. I talk about it all the time. So when people pitch us on um, coming into the team, or if I reach out to people, like it's very clear that this is the culture that we have. And I do a lot where I'm like, okay, is this too much mm-hmm. for this date? And if it is, and I still want to launch on that date, or I still have something date specific that feels correct. I'll pair back the strategy and I'll just say like, I'm going to do it this way and I don't need this from you and I don't need this from you. So we just let the simplicity that we started with, we still use on the regular basis. We will not let a complex launch strategy stop us from launching. So I just do do more with less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so good. Okay. So you hire the people who are like into that. So great. Are you a manifesting generator? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what's your numbers? Your Oh, five one. Five one. Okay. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> I'm here to trigger people. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love that. And then so you have you're running a seven figure business with six thousand people on your email list yeah. and social. You started growing your email list two years ago. Um what are what is your offering suite? It seems like it changes quite mm-hmm. a bit, or is that not right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It does. Offering suite looks like anything from, I do a lot around emotional regulation. I know you and I share that love and obsession. So I niche that based off of what people might need. So known was all around like increasing visibility, social media, removing the stingers from cancel culture, stuff like that. Regulate is more of a coconut oil program that a stay at home mom, more like a coconut oil. <laughs> so good. We love our sexual metaphors. Also, I love that coconut oil is a sexual metaphor. It's also a health food. Mm-hmm. It's everything. <laughs> also great for your teeth. There's so many things. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the panacea at our house. Like if my girls like come to me with some sort of ailment. I just sort of like rub coconut oil on it with like a little essential oil. And I'm like, that's going to make you feel better. better. And you know, based on the placebo effect, it nine times out of 10 does. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So regulate is the coconut oil products, like good for everything. Good for everything. Stay at home, mom, nurse, doesn't matter. Entrepreneur just dials down stress response in really common areas. Um, we have one specifically niched for money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have lots of other little niche programs. I don't teach so much on sales and market anymore. I used to love doing that. Okay. I just launched something today called a live sales pages. And it's more about bringing in like the feminine and creativity mm-hmm. into something that most people are treating very masculine. So this is the first time I'm teaching on sales in a really long time. And I swore I wouldn't ever again. And I'm like, why do I keep saying never? Cause but it felt alive for you. It was so alive. And so you're doing it. And, and so I'm doing knows? it. Yeah. yeah. Never say never. Never say never. When you, um, do your programs, are they sometimes live? Are they sometimes pre-recorded? What is the kind of production look like and the logistics of delivering them? 2023 was the year that I taught most of my stuff through a pre-recorded private podcast feed. Uh-huh. And it was the best because cool. I just got to sit in my office and my PJs, put my podcast mic on with a cup of coffee or a glass of wine any time of the day. And I would record whenever the inspiration was hit mm-hmm. hitting. And so that worked really well for me. I pumped out a lot of programs that just felt so alive and um, just rich. So, and, and people really love that. I would say if there's one masculine strategy that I have employed, I'm like, somebody let me invest in this company because I talk about them so much, but it is the private podcast yeah, feeds. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Like my, my audience loves it so much because they don't lose their spot. Yeah. They don't have to log yeah. in. Like, and people are telling me, look, I've gone through this program three times now, whereas before they forgot to log in and use totally. the offer at all. Yeah. So yeah. I love that. That's so great. And then you, but you also do work with people one-on-one. No. I usually really. take three <laughs> three to four one-on-one clients at a time. Okay. Yeah. So, so not very a many bit. people, yeah. but like a tiny bit. Yeah. What do you love about working in that high level of a way with people? I, I'm so programmed for connection, mm-hmm. which is why I'll never get out of my DMs. I love talking to my community, my people. And like, I stay so inspired. My clients are teaching me just as much when I'm on a coaching call with them because they're brilliant in their own areas. Right. And so I'm just so inspired by the people that I get to work with. I cannot believe like the roster of humans that pay me money. (laughs) It's like unreal. (laughs) I don't know how I got here, but 
Thank you. (laughs) So beautiful. Okay. I know for you, one of the big turning points was when you discovered RRT. Can you talk about how you found it? Mm -hmm. Um, and what's been so impactful for you? So 2020 and 2021 were the hardest years of my entire life. I was supporting my ex who had really extreme PTSD from his military career. And every day he was waking up having daymares during the day and nightmares at night. And I really could only work on my business for like two hours a day. And he went into um, two months of trauma therapy, like inpatient treatment center, the best one of the best. It's called the guest house. If anybody's looking, I always like to just give them a shout out. They're remarkable. And, um, when he left for his impatient, I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to have so much time back two months to take care of me and to work on business. And I was launching a physical product company at the same exact time. And all of a sudden I just started crashing, not feeling like I had to hold a 180 pound man up anymore. I realized how much weight I had been holding for so long And when I checked him out of his two-month treatment, we were driving back home. It's just three hours north of here. And he just looks at me and he goes, you okay? And I just looked at him and I'm driving and I was like, "Ah, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I was like hanging on by a thread. In my whole life, like I had trained, like my abusive background um, from you know, certain areas of my life. Like I felt like I kind of had trained to be a support system for him the majority of my life, but it broke me. Yeah, I never felt so weak. So I like didn't know up from down anymore. Like my, like reality felt so fragmented. And so I was asking him about the different modalities that he was using that were really, really helpful to him because we had tried everything, like mm-hmm. hired every healer. He like he was considering doing, you know, um, plant medicine yeah. and all the different things. And so he had done something called ART. And so we were looking for a facilitator here that could do that. The facilitator that we found is trained in lots of different modalities, and he didn't actually use that on me when I went in. So I walk in, and I was like, look, I have this, like, anger inside of me that I want to let go of, and I don't know why I still have it. Like, there was an event that had occurred, and I was like, I just, I want to let it go. Mm -hmm. Like the spiritual community is just like, let go. And I'm like, but my hands are open. Like I'm not actually holding onto anything and I don't know what else to do. I've done the scream therapy, the sacred rage, like meditation, crying, breath work. I had done everything. And it just felt like I was playing a game of whack-a-mole with these big emotions. And every single day it was like popping them down and they would pop back up the next morning. So like hours of my day were going to emotionally regulate myself so that I could at least spend a little bit of time in my purpose and make sure that I wasn't dropping the ball with my kids. I was terrified I was going to miss something with my daughter who was going through really, really terrible depression at the time as well. So I walk into his office and I was like, I want to get rid of this anger. And I'm like, maybe you should ask me about my childhood. And he's like, nope. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> like, I kind of feel I like I need to be. That's what we do here. <laughs> yeah. Kind of feel like I need to be heard for a second yeah. here. Like it's been a really long time since I had someone else's full attention to be like, "This is what's happening." And he's like, he did all of these things with me. He talked more than I thought any therapist ever should. And I'm just staring at him like, "Man, you really like the sound of your own voice." Oh but I'm listening to him, and he's like, "Do this. Look at your hands. Do this. Think of a an animal and a color, and take a deep breath." And think the word release and check for the anger. And I was like scanning my body, scanning my body. When I walked into that office, I could have popped that anger up in a mm-hmm. second. And I'm like, where did it go? Like could not cause the sensation if I always say if Ed McMahon had walked in to the office and was like, for, feel that one more time, I'll yeah. give you a million dollar yeah. check. And I would be like, Ed, bro, take the check home. I can't. Uh-huh. So I looked at this old white haired man. He's a good friend today. He'll kill me for saying he's old. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck did you just do to me? And he slid over a book and he's like, read this. And it was called Life-Changing Conversations by Dr. John Connolly. 
And the interesting thing about this book is it's just transcripts from different patients where you're just reading the problems that they walk in with, what he says to them. And then there's a little column in the right side that, side that says, this is why this works. And I became so fascinated with comparing and understanding. And it was like reading truth for the first time in my whole life. And my brain was just exploding. But the other curious thing that happened was as I was reading other people's stories, if I had similar things in common, I was getting healed too. Just by reading it. Just by reading the book. And I became fascinated. So I signed up for the training. I got on my very first call and I'm listening to this brilliant man speak and he's kind of a slow talker. And I'm like, Oh God, what did I get myself into <laughs> 75 at the time? And I'm like, I'm never going to make it through a 60 hour course. Yeah. And as he just started speaking these slow metaphors, it was like, again, these brain explosions. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God, this man is the most brilliant man that walks the earth and I'm going to make him my best friend. I'm going to put him in my pocket. And I'm going to take him everywhere I go. And now he lives like an hour north of me. I had no idea. He's my best friend. I just had dinner with him That's on Sunday. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So this is rapid release therapy, rapid resolution, therapy. rapid resolution therapy. Yep. Thank you. What is actually happening on a scientific level? Yeah. With this process. Most people are trying to lock logic their way through their emotions. And that's not where your emotions are coming from. It's coming from unconscious. And so unconscious doesn't understand logic. So when people say, just let go, our, un, our conscious mind is like, yeah, I can conceptualize and understand that. But unconscious is like, of what? <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and it's well-intentioned. It's looking to provide for us. It's looking to protect. And also it only understands metaphor and symbolism. Mm -hmm. And so learning a completely new language and learning how to speak to the unconscious mind in a way it's like, it's like taking knotted necklaces and they just like dissolve themselves through language. And I just became so fascinated with little tweaks in language. There was one, one time he said, um, just tell yourself I'm supposed to. So I was watching my ex have a really big PTSD response and I would say it for him. He's supposed to be having a PTSD response. And then all of a sudden the fear, the tension in my belly, the energy in my legs and arms dissolved because there was nothing to be done about that because he's supposed to be having it. It's when I'm thinking that he shouldn't be yeah. or thinking the world shouldn't be or thinking that I shouldn't be that all the pressure and the energy goes to the body to get us to take an action when there's no action to be mm -hmm. taken most of the time. So we have this mm -hmm. energy to maybe like run with, and then we're feeling what we would then call anxiety. And then we fear our own sensation, which increases that as well. So, wow. Yeah. He just became remarkable with words in a way that just unties the little knots and the stucknesses in our mind that when we look at trauma, it's like if we can feel the sensation around it, around a previous event, that's just showing us unconscious is still perceiving it as active and current. Right. So he's looking to, it's like closing an old tab that we don't totally. need to access on the computer anymore. Yeah. And I know right now you're in a season of kind of regathering and reclaiming and bringing back parts of yourself that yeah. are maybe stuck in history because <clears throat> we all are. We sure. all have many parts of ourselves that are like, yeah, at certain ages mm -hmm. in certain, you know, unresolved moments or moments that need more healing. Um, so are you able to do RRT with yourself or on yourself? How would you say it? Yes. Yes. So John would say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I disagree. And <laughs> respectfully, I disagree. I really do believe I came into a physical existence so that I could help kind of edge his belief yeah. even around his own modality because I was the first one to ever use it through a digital format. Really? He believed that um, RRT couldn't even be done through Zoom until COVID hit and he had no choice. Why did he think he couldn't do it on Zoom? I don't know. But okay. it was just a belief just, system we, we used. We have with. these belief systems. Right, right. right. We, we all even we all have these. The things. master has their blind spots, <laughs> right? right? So his blind spot was like, it has to be done in person because that's how it always had been done. Mm -hmm. He was busy, busy edging like the modality in different ways, right? Yeah. And then 
COVID hit, he had no choice. And then he's like, holy shit, this works great on Zoom, right? And then I came along and I'm like, what if I just did this through a digital program? And then he's still not sure. And I'm like, I, I have hundreds but of you're getting results. Exactly. Point, and yeah. so you're able to do it in a digital program, yeah. not even in real time yeah. with the person. It's in a, it's, you're in a transmission that is maybe be, being delivered on a private podcast through Correct. a program. Yeah. And that transmission is being received and people are able to receive that healing right. on their own time. There is absolutely a time and a place for in-person one-on-one. Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. of course, of course. So yes. it has its limits and that's very important to say, but there's so much that can get done. Even just the way that I read his book. I'm like, bro, you wrote a book. Like, what do you mean? Like <laughs> everybody has their blind spots. Yeah. So I push him every time I see him. I'm like, let's get some digital courses for you. <laughs> the world needs to know more of you. Yeah. But so how I do it on myself and I, if you've never done this, if like, I do not recommend for that average human being to do this on their own, but this is, this would <laughs> be, not I'm not going to even give all the steps. Because, no, please don't because yeah. people will be confused, but I would love to hear like the, what you're doing. It's really interesting. I'll give interesting. A, a rough example Perfect. because if a big trauma came up for someone, I would feel. Yes. Thank awful. you. Yeah. So just a week and a half ago, I was sitting at a restaurant talking to one of my best friends and we were talking about different sensations that were coming up. And I'm like, I feel like I'm going through another spiritual awakening, <laughs> like kind of just wanted to rock myself a little bit. And I'm like, I feel unprotected. Yet I'm sitting right in beautiful Las Olas, looking at the sun setting, gorgeous meal in front of me, amazing company. There's no danger to be seen. And yet the sensation in my body is I'm so unprotected and I crave protection. And I'm like, I, I just need a hug from like masculine energy, but there was nobody in that moment that I could ask for that from. And so I was like, okay, give me just a second. And she was like, I just want to be seen. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, her name is Andrea as well. And I was like, <laughs> let's ask our little Andreas, like how old this sensation is. So I just tuned in and I was like, oh shit, I'm seven. And I asked my mind, show me. And so the memory that was connected was a, an event that happened when I was seven with my brother. We were at the um, park and these boys rolled up on their bicycles and they started launching rocks at us. Mm. And my brother bolted and I'm like trying to get on my bike to run away, but I get hit by a really big rock. It made me bleed. It was really scary. And, you know, kids are dicks. And also I'm like, brother, you yeah, left you me. just abandoned me. Totally. Right. I was seven. He was eight. <laughs> He should have run, right? It was the right thing to do. It was how his brain was programmed, right? And yet I still had this like lodged piece of data in my mind that was just like, you still haven't, he never came back for you, yeah. right? And so I used an RRT method where I updated that piece of data and in a couple of minutes sitting at that restaurant, the energy in my body just melted. And since then, I haven't felt that like insane need of like, I need protection. I need protection. Yeah. So it was like that piece was showing me. And I took that seven-year-old and I brought her back to me. And then there was another event that came up recently. I think I was like 19. And I grabbed that 19-year-old and I brought her back to me. And every time I do this process, sometimes I can do it on my own. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I call John and I get on his schedule and yeah. um, I'll have him do it for me. But right. Um, I've had so many events where I just feel like I'm collecting these old versions of yes. me. And every time I do, I have more energy. I just quit mm. drinking out of the blue. Like, Congratulations. Thank you. That's a big deal. <laughs> yeah, Recently? Like, on New Year's Eve, I woke up at 3 o'clock in the morning with the worst stomach ache, thinking that I had food poisoning. Mm. And as I'm begging the universe to just, like, let me throw up, you, you know, when you're, like, just, like, have mercy on me because you think you'll feel better. I just kept hearing the words, no drinking, no drinking. And I'm like, fine, I won't drink on New Year's. I'll just hold a glass of wine and I'll sip it. And I heard the words, not a drop. And I was like, what? Just let me throw up. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. This is not my normal. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a normal yeah. night for me. That's amazing. And I was like, fine, I won't drink. Clearly, I just need like extra mental clarity, focus, energy. And then as soon as I was resolved in that decision, I burped 12 times. The stomach ache <laughs> went away and I went right back to sleep. I have not craved alcohol since. Wow. Haven't had a drop. Wow. It was the weirdest thing ever. That's really amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just met you 
Yeah. Obviously. So like you're new to me, but you do seem to be in this kind of portal. Like <laughs> you, you, I don't know. Thank I mean, you for I feel like me. I met you at a pretty pivotal time in your life and your career. And I'm really excited to see what comes from Thank it you. because what you've created so far is so extraordinary. Thank you. Um, it's miraculous given your background. Um, yeah. You know, it's definitely not statistically right. what we would expect. Right. And obviously none of us are statistics, so it's beautiful. Right. Um, and I can only imagine what else is in there as you call these parts of yourself back. And it right. sounds like what you're describing, you know, sounds like it has threads of some of the work I've done with um, parts work and internal family systems yep. and some of the somatic work I've done and mm -hmm. some of the whatever. So I, but I, I mm -hmm. love it and I'm excited to learn more. I already, I listened to you upon, on a, another podcast and I already bought that book. So I'm excited <laughs> to read <Yes. laughs> Like bring all the healing modalities. I yes. love them all. I love them all. Okay. So you and I both teach about money. We both talk about money. Um, and I would love to know what have you wanted to be sure that you pass along to your kids when it comes to money and what have you, you know, what, you, what have you done your best to let them know or model when it comes to money? I think if I could only leave them with one thing and the thing that was going to have the greatest impact, it would be placing our attention on how it would feel to, to have done if there's an increase of energy, say yes to it. If there's a decrease of energy, say no to it. So you're paying attention and cultivating every decision with life force energy. And then the follow-up question is, then how can I do it with that level of energy? Whether it's taxes or whether it's saving, I used to feel like I was always punishing myself by having to save. Like it was never sexy to me. But when I paid attention to like how it would feel to maybe have $100,000 in a bank account, like, I was like, what? That would be so great. And if I could have that in a bank account, imagine what risks that I would say yes to beyond that, that I wouldn't if I didn't feel that sense of safety. I call that my trampoline account. Like I manifest by bouncing off of like whatever my bare minimum is. And so that would be what I would pass on to my kids is like when you when you think about like the first bite of pizza, but you're lactose intolerant, you're not thinking how you're going to feel afterwards, right? Yeah. That first bite sounds really appealing. And John said it in such a poetic, perfect way when he was talking to a woman about um, she was binge eating and I was listening to him coach her. And he goes, well, why do you think you have that ice cream at nighttime? And she goes, well, because I deserve it. And he goes, no, you don't. Really harshly. And I was like, oh my God say next? And he goes, you don't deserve the shame, the guilt, the thought patterns that come afterwards, how you feel every single day. And he re-anchored pain to the idea of like, you deserve it because the reminiscing is where we spend the majority of the time. Yeah. It's not in the actual doing of it. Yeah. And it was so perfect and poignant for me to see the way he anchored her attention right there on you do not deserve the after effects of the pain mm -hmm. that will come with that decision. And now all of a sudden I didn't feel pain around making decisions that would be good to have done anymore. It was like, I was so happy to put money in savings accounts. I was so happy Sorry. to make riskier investments or to say no to certain things. And it was the the best example that I've applied into every decision that I make now specifically with money. It's so good because it mitigates the the thing we do around um, immediate gratification versus right. delayed gratification. Mm -hmm. It's like you get to have the immediate gratification yes. from the delayed gratification. So exactly. I love that so much. Okay, now if you were to go back in time and you were to deliver a message a piece of wisdom about money to 19-year-old Andrea, <laughs> what would you want her to know? I mean, that for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I would definitely want her to know that she doesn't have to stay up till, you know, midnight and wake up at 5 a.m. Like the the way of the majority of our culture is like the poor man's mindset of just like hour for money, work, 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 hard, hard, hard. Mm -hmm. And I would have um, suggested to her to start paying attention to um, rich people's patterns at 19. 
took me way too long to start asking questions of like, but wait a second, rich people don't do that. <laughs> Only poor people think like that. Wow. So I would have started to pay to pay more attention to that. And then I would have maybe been like, invest in this. <laughs> <laughs> also buy Apple stock. <laughs> Totally. Totally. Thank you so much for being here. This is such a yummy conversation. (laughs) I really loved getting to know more about your business. And I think you're a bit of a unicorn and I think that's super fun. Um, but not, but there's nothing you shared that like anybody couldn't apply. Right. Right. So I just, I, I honor you for the way you have challenged the status quo and you're just like, nope, you don't have to do it that way. It works like this for me. And like, what if it could be different than what we've all been taught? Mm -hmm. What if it could be faster, easier, more pleasurable, whatever? Mm -hmm. So, so beautiful. So if people want to connect, where should they go? Love underscore Andrea Crowder on Instagram. Like I said, I'm all up in my DMs. I love that. (laughs) Um, And just send me a DM. Like, I just want to get to know people and figure out what it is that people are feeling stuck around and um, yeah, Instagram or my, my team's going to yell at me, my podcast also. <laughs> and it is called the unruly entrepreneur. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being here. You're so funny. So great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of plenty. I know I for sure am going to be looking at making my decisions, thinking about how will I have felt after I have done the thing and deciding from that place, which I have done something similar, but not exactly that. So I'm really excited to try it out. I hope you try it out as well. If you liked this episode, if you found it helpful, please leave us a review, rate the podcast. And you know what makes a huge difference is texting a link of the episode to a friend or sharing it on social saying like, here's what I got out of it. Go listen to this. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, go check out Andrea's stuff and I will see you next time on Plenty. Woohoo! You made it to the end of an episode of Plenty. Don't you feel expanded already? So if you liked this episode, go ahead and leave us a review. Subscribe to the podcast, text a friend and let them know they need to listen in. That helps us spread the word so more people can experience plenty together. And if you want to ease your path to creating wealth, I created a money breakthrough guide for you where I interviewed over 20 of my high earning women friends. And I asked them what their biggest money breakthrough guide was. And the responses were so mind blowing and helpful. I knew I needed to pass them along to you. This is the kind of thing that is often only shared behind closed doors, but now you can access it totally for free. So head over to katenorthrup.com forward slash breakthroughs and get the guide. Again, that's katenorthrop.com forward slash breakthroughs. And I'll see you next time for plenty.